reading from the 18th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with the first verse. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had any respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused. But later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to His chosen ones who cry to Him day and night? Will He delay long in helping them? I tell you, He will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on earth? The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here's the thing this parable is not intended to teach us. It's not intended to teach us that if we pray enough, or we pray hard enough, we can somehow gain control of the Creator of the universe and get what we want. Do you hear that, church? Jesus is not teaching us that if we beat on God's door until He gets sufficiently tired of us, God will grant us what we want. Jesus is not teaching us that if we get enough likes and shares on our Facebook post, little Jimmy will get his new bike. Jesus is not teaching us to pester God until God relents and gives us what we want. Although sometimes that is how this is heard. The parable is about character and reputation. There are two people in this, in this story. A widow. Now the widow was in a sad lot in Jesus' day because there was no one to care for her. Jesus doesn't say she's a widow with a son. We don't know. But typically in that day, if you lost your husband, you were just out of sorts in that society. There was no one to care for you. So she's in a deeply hurting place. The wheels have come off her bus, so to speak. Y'all can't hear that. That's good. <laughs> what was I talking about before that thing started talking? <laughs> okay. Yeah, the cell phone was talking to me. Okay. It's all right, Clyde. It's what I get for telling a joke about you two weeks ago. <laughs> so the, the parable is about the character and reputation of two people. The widow we know needs help. 
There's no question of that. Her reputation is of needing help. The Scriptures speak over and over and over about the requirement of God's people to come to the aid of widows and orphans. That is what pure religion is said to be. A religion that is good and holy and useful to God is a religion that comes to the aid of orphans and widows. So we know what she is and what she needs. But a judge, what does a judge do? Well, the judge in Jesus' day was intended to sort people's problems out for them, to help them to make up, to reconcile with one another, to help them to figure out what to do about their problems. A judge wasn't the one who sat up there and said, to the jail with you. They didn't do that. They helped people reconcile their differences. They meted out justice, which is another way of saying vindication. When one person is harmed, they help the other person to do right by them to make things correct. You with me so far? This judge has an issue. His reputation is that he doesn't fear God. So it would follow from there that he doesn't care what Scripture says he should do for the widow, right? If he has no respect for God, if he has no fear for God, which is a respect for all of all of God, then the chances of him doing anything according to the Scriptures are minute and slim. Not only that, not only that, but he doesn't care what people think about him. Now, if you don't care what God thinks, and you don't care what other people think, in my opinion, that makes you a pretty dangerous person. Stories about reputation, I think. We meet the judge's reputation in Jesus' words when he said he had no fear of God or respect for people. And it makes me wonder... What is God's reputation in the world? Someone told me one time that they liked the way I do children's sermons because they grew up thinking that God was this old, fat, blonde-haired white man sitting in a white robe on a big golden throne with lightning bolts in his hands going to kill them if they did something wrong. That's tragic. That is as far as you can get from a God of the cross as is possible. I would suggest that it's the church's role to teach the world that God's reputation is the cross. It's hanging on our wall right now. Right there, church, is God's reputation. That is the reputation of our judge. A father who has given judgment to the Son who died on the cross for those He will judge. If someone asks me, what is the Gospel? I'm going to go to two places, typically. The first thing I'm going to say to them probably is, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. Or as we say it in our communion liturgy, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's God's reputation. That's good news. The other thing I would say to them is that the Christ who will judge me, let's, let's have a participatory sermon. You want to? I know y'all love those. Say that with me. The Christ who will judge me, judge me. is the same Christ, the same Christ. Who, died who died for me. That, dear ones, is God's reputation. 
This judge doesn't want to be a judge. He doesn't want to do right by the widow. He's failing in what he's doing. His reputation is earned. He doesn't respect God. He doesn't respect others. So he doesn't do what God requires of a judge to do. Reputation. Proverbs 22.1 says something about reputation. It says this, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Now, we don't know that until somebody says something that's not true about us and everybody believes it, right? But once that happens, we learn how valuable a good name is. God's name. We know the reputation of God's name because of the Christ who called out to God on the cross. One person said that if you gain a modest reputation for being unreliable, no one will ever ask you to do anything. You believe that? I was given a couple pieces of advice when I got married by the two people I used to I worked for at the time. One of them was, yes, dear, no, dear, whatever you say, dear. I didn't really think that was good advice, but that's what they told me. The other thing they told me is that if your wife ever asks you to do something that you don't want to ever have to do again, don't do a good job. Right? Reputation. If people know we can't be depended on, will they ask us for anything? If people think that we can't keep a secret, will they share with us their hurts? If people think that we're all about us, will they ask us for help? If people think that we don't care about them, will they come to us and say, I hurt? If people think that we're always looking out for ourselves, will they say anything to us to invite us into their lives? God's reputation is grace. It's why the psalmist said in 86 that he could cry out to God for grace and know that he would be heard. It's why Jesus tells this parable. He tells us a story about this horrible judge. This horrible judge who wouldn't help the woman because of her plight He wouldn't help her because she was stranded in her society. He wouldn't help her because she had an apparently, apparently good argument for help. That she needed help with someone that she had had something against her. Or she needed help making things right with someone who had harmed her. But he wouldn't help her because of that. He wouldn't help her out of human dignity or out of respect for God. He decided to help her because she was getting on his nerves. Which reminds me of a true story, and I won't tell you who it's about because it may or may not be here. But I heard a story one time about a traffic ticket and a person being told they could go and talk to the judge about the traffic ticket and get out of it. That judge still gave me that ticket. (laughs) Because apparently, my reputation is I had gotten warning tickets. Or something like that. But I was spurred on 
by knowledge that another person I knew had gone to another judge, and the judge said, how do you plead? And she said, mercy. Right? For mercy. And she got mercy. Well, I did not. So I wonder about the reputation of that judge. I wonder about the reputation of a judge that would say to one speeder, Nah, don't worry about it. And to another, oh, no, you get the ticket, right? That system's reputation becomes broken. We need consistency. We need to be able to see and to hear the stories of how a person deals with other people so that we can know we can trust that person and come to them openly when we have need of justice. And so Jesus tells us this parable. Jesus tells us this parable about reputation. A man who had a reputation for not caring what God thought and not caring what other people thought. And what he wants us to know is that God is not like that judge. We don't have to beat on God's door until God is tired of us to get the justice we need. We don't have to harangue God. We don't have to get enough likes on our Facebook post. We don't have to do anything. God already intends to give us justice, and we know that through the cross. Now, I'm not telling you that if you pray one time for a new Ferrari, you'll get it. You probably won't. But what I'm telling you is that the God whose reputation is grace has already accomplished all the justice you inherently need. And it was done on the cross. The mercy that we most need has been offered to us already on the cross. And that's the story that the church has to tell. We have become the bearers of God's reputation. A God who dies for all us pitiful jerks who turned our back on Him. All of us who chose sin. For all of us who are imperfect, sometimes unloving, sometimes uncaring, who lose our temper, who are short to our friends, who have lustful hearts and eyes who bear up anger for our brothers and our sisters, who refuse to forgive, who lie, who cheat, who steal, who care sometimes only about ourselves. For a bunch of imperfect people like us, God chose to die. That's the judgment that God rendered. I will not destroy them I will allow myself to be destroyed in their place. The unjust judge would not do that. But the God of Israel did. We're called to recognize a reputation in this parable. To see a person who's so heinous that he will only help someone because it's good for him. And we're supposed to realize that God is exactly the opposite. That God gives us mercy we don't deserve. Simply because that's who God is.
Not because we ask for it correctly. Not because we badger God into giving it to us. But simply because that's who God is. And so we say to one another, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Or we share words from Paul in Ephesians that I would like for you to hear this morning. All of us once lived in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who was rich in mercy, out of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not the result of your works, so that no one may boast. What is the reputation of God? Reputation of grace. God gives us mercy that we don't deserve. Mercy that we can't earn. Simply because that's who God is. Luke says that Jesus told this parable so that we might always pray and not lose heart. If we thought God was like that unjust judge and that we had to pray harder and pray more often to get the mercy we need, that would discourage us from praying, right? But if we reflect on God's true reputation being a God of mercy and grace. It encourages us to pray, to ask for that mercy, and to not lose heart believing that God has already given us that mercy. The salvation you need is given to you already. All that's asked of us is to receive it. God's reputation is grace. Amen.